0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR, sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. Growth equals change, change equals loss, loss equals pain, so inevitably... Growth equals pain. And that's the problem with change, is that it keeps changing. I listened to my friend Sam Chan speak at an event in Atlanta earlier this year, and those were his words. Sam is a friend, a great leader, and is very insightful into the challenges faced by leaders like Jerry and me, who lead organizations designed to create positive impact. As you know, Jerry is the CEO of Gleaners in Southeast Michigan. I serve as the executive director for the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Together, we represent the seven Feeding America food banks and the rest of our board of directors who are all looking for sustainable solutions to Michigan's food insecurity challenge. What we found over the past three years is that much has changed, including change. Things are different, and they're not the same, and all of us who lead are never far from the concept of growth, and during the past four years, we have seen the need more clearly than ever when looking at food insecurity. We can see what it takes, and what it will take is more than growth. It'll take change. All of us must change, grow, develop, evolve, and become equal to the task that is before us. Jerry and I are here today to talk about how we are managing change and using it to make our work stronger, more impactful, and sustainable. Join Jerry Brisson and me next on this edition of Food First Michigan. Everyone, thanks for listening. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. And uh how many years have we have been doing this? It's gotta be four and a half,
1: right? Are we closing in on five yet?
0: I think January is our birthday. Yeah. It's our birth month yeah. for the show. Yeah. So yeah, we're moving moving that direction. And a lot has changed. A lot has changed. We all
1: can just think about the pandemic as a major change catalyst, but it's not just the pandemic. No. There's there you know food banks food banks are about a generation old, right? One generation. And in that generation, think of all of the things that have happened, right? There was no internet when food banks starting. Food banks started, I should say. And and now it's a major part of our life, right? Could you imagine in 1970 saying to someone, hey, someday you're going to be able to do your shopping on the computer and they're going to bring the groceries right to your house. People would have been, no way. Yeah. Right. This was unthinkable. Right. So when you think about the dynamic change our culture has gone through and continues to go through as we learn about so many different things, if you're not changing you are really missing the boat. You've got to be changing, right? Just because of technology. Uh, and that's just one thing, right? But, uh, but you know, as I was listening to, the, to, the, to you talk about change and Sam Chand, who's an awesome, awesome leader, um, you know, it reminded me of how change, uh, I, I, it, in my mind it went, you know, one of the changes that we've gone through is from boxes to boxes. <laughs> and, and it's like, what? Boxes to boxes? But here, let me, let me just walk you through it just for a minute. When, when food banking first started, you captured whatever food was available, and that was coming from manufacturers and farms, a lot of the same places that food is available now, and you put things in boxes, and then you got those boxes to the pantries, and people came and picked up the boxes, and it was really a lot of whatever we got is what you're going to get, and that's the best we could do. You know, so we built boxes for people. That was how it worked. Then there was this major important innovation called client choice. Because we realized that if if people chose the food as opposed to being given a box of whatever food, less would go to waste and they could also manage their own issues. If you have an allergy or, or a health condition that means you can eat this, not that, client choice was a way to really inexpensively and effectively and in a very dignified way improve on just a box of whatever food, right? Right. Then we started talking about healthy content how much of the food that we're distributing is nutritious. And that was a really important innovation because the people we serve in many cases have chronic diseases that they're managing. And if our food doesn't account for that, we're not serving them as well as we could. So there was a huge effort to, to improve the the nutritious content of the food that we're distributing. So from boxes of whatever to client choice, to now really nutritious options available in that client choice. And then the pandemic hit and we said, wow, we can't, we can't be near each other. We have to be separated. We got to change the way we distribute food. And what we invented was a new box. <laughs> A new box of food that 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 isn't just whatever food. It's food that we've learned people want and need based on years of getting feedback. It included milk. It included fresh produce. It included the things that people have told us for years that they need. And what we learned was, for some people, convenience is more important than choice as long as... They're getting food they want and need. So hmm. these are all evolutions, right? Innovations yeah. that took us from what? Boxes to boxes. <laughs> right. But what a difference! the boxes are, yeah. right? What a difference. The, the changes that have been made and the deeper understanding of community has allowed us to consider more than just the food. We can consider people's lifestyle and availability. We can consider if you can't make an appointment, but you can get a box of food that is the food you want and need just by driving through somewhere. That serves a whole population of people better than having to come shopping at a particular amount of time.
0: Yeah, so it's you know when you when you think of it like that, it, it really um, is is designed to meet the needs of the client of the people that the families that we serve, because you like you say the, the, sometimes the most precious commodity they have is, is a lot la- is time. Right. You know because they're managing so much with, frankly, so little. And that's why they need us to come alongside of them. So to do that in a way that, well, I I guess it's the same principle of what you started with. I mean, you can go online, order your groceries, and either pull into the parking lot, and they'll put them in your trunk, or, you know, they'll actually deliver them to your house. So what is that about? It's about managing my, my opportunities and my time and my responsibilities, and it's no different from. You know, it really doesn't matter who it is. It's not different for any of us.
1: And that innovation that you just mentioned right there, that is one of the biggest things that we've got to be watching carefully and take advantage of. I mean, one of our one of the tenets is managing to the times. That's, that's one of the things we have to do in our strategic priorities is manage to the times because the times keep changing and we've got to know what those changes are. So when we think about a future of food banking, we've got to start imagining food banking that's not a client choice pantry or even a box of food that people want and need, but but perhaps food that they've selected from an online platform that can get delivered to their home. Right. Now... Can it be done? How can it be done? When you think about what people want and what would serve them best, boy, that would be a huge innovation. <clears throat> and, and, and what else could you do with that online platform in terms of nutrition education and giving people recipes and, and maybe having a video pop up? And then you say, well, wait a minute, do people have that technology? Well, it turns out a lot of people have smartphones. Almost everybody has a smartphone. So you start to marry these technologies and opportunities together, and you begin to realize there's another innovation here beyond boxes to boxes that we've got to be aware of, that's managing to the times,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the emphasis that our, our government leaders have on broadband, you know, because in the rural area of Michigan, this is a challenge, right? I mean, getting people to have the access they need to to food that they need and want, it, it's a challenge, right? I mean, it is a logistical challenge. But if you take the, what the model you just outlined right there, where no matter where you're at in Michigan, you can go to your 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 the food bank or the you know the pantry that serves your community, and you can order and either pick up or in some cases, you know, our partnership with, with DoorDash. Is able to deliver, Doordash and drones,
1: baby. <laughs> I mean, really, when you when you think about, and again, this is why managing to the times is so important. You can't be so entrenched in how you've always done things because the fact is, it might be both better and cheaper to to utilize technology, which is driving solutions that are gonna change the way we think about how this problem is solved.
0: Well, here's the test. What's the seven last words of a dying organization?
1: (laughs) I know you've said this before. That's not the way we've done it or that's the way we've always done it. It's something like that.
0: We've never done it that way before. (laughs) So you got to manage through the times. I think that's that's a brilliant concept. And we've got some more here about how we're managing change. And again, Jerry, I want us to touch on just briefly that You've mentioned it, that the pandemic was a catalyst. I I tried to talk about it in the monologue a little bit. It gave us a view we've never had, not only of the need in the community, but also of our own capacity. I don't think any of us thought our ceiling was as high as what it is. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of high ceilings, Managing to the Times is producing some new high ceilings. I mean, literally new high ceilings in terms of facilities and uh, sure. and the things that people are doing to increase their impact and really enable growth. You've got to have the infrastructure, and I don't know how much time we got left in this segment. We,
0: we'll pick up those two concepts right there, enabling growth and... Um... Of course, managing to the times so that we can increase Increase impact. impact. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight, we're both back with you in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here, and change has changed. And you and maybe it hasn't, because you said we started with boxes and now we're back to boxes.
1: <laughs> well, and what a
0: difference it what a difference between those boxes,
1: right? Yeah. And so again, all innovations leading to a deeper understanding of how to best serve the community. And my guess is uh, that will continue as as technology drives different solutions for us all. And and how do we make that uh, available? How do we turn that the techno technological opportunities into better access to the food people want and need so wise so they can thrive? And again, you know, you look at the challenges that people have and and transportation is a major challenge, um, but it's not. A complete lack of transportation. It's sporadic transportation, right? It's, it's it's. So, you know, as we innovate our whole network, managing to the times, we know that transportation is a challenge, but we know there's solutions that can probably help, uh, mobility solutions and things that can probably help address that challenge in, in a way that never was possible before.
0: So uh, let me ask you a question, because you have a juryism that talks about something and innovation and they hate each other. Uh, efficiency, efficiency. Right,
1: efficiency and innovation are bitter enemies, right? Cuz right. cuz innovation is all about doing something that's never been done and realizing that even though you did a lot of great work to figure out how to do it, it's not right yet. <laughs> so right. So things don't work the way you thought. I mean, we we we've had that happen in so many ways.
0: Sure. But, well, you're learning what you don't know, right? Yeah. And, and so, I, so you think that innovation and efficiency are mortal enemies, but there's no reason that choice and access have to be mortal enemies. That's exactly right. In fact, what we know for
1: sure is if you want to have the most efficient system, you have got to have both choice and access. Right. You, you can't have the most efficient system
0: unless you've addressed those two challenges. You know, you know, I play much better golf, Jerry, when I, when I play backwards. When I, and what I mean by that is I, 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 I start at the green and I work back to the tee box. Most of the time when we play golf, everybody just grabs their driver no matter what the, what the you know. But it might not be the right smartest play. And that, I think that we start with the end in mind here and we work our way back to where we're at today. And so if the if the idea here is the two values of choice and access are 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 things that we must consider in in getting the people getting people the food that they want and need then I think we start at the end and one of the, and at the end I go well how much food are we distributing is being consumed because otherwise this is a really expensive waste program.
1: That's exactly right. And we do say that very thing that we can't afford to be giving people something they're gonna throw out.
0: Right? We can't afford to that's, do a, that that. that's a lot that's a lot of expense right there. Yeah. I mean we could I mean we're going through a lot of extra steps when we could have just thrown it away a much earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing, right? marrying the
1: available food to to the people that want and need food is something we can do. And and the olden days there was no consideration for that at all, right? At the beginning of food banking there was olden days meaning forty
0: years ago. Yeah, right.
1: That's right. <laughs> you know, well, even before that there wasn't enough regular food surpluses to even have pantries. It wasn't until the fifties right. that Tractors outnumbered horses and mules on farms. Right. That was that was the mid-50s when that happened, right? Until technology made food growing expansive enough that you had regular surpluses, there was no need for food banks and pantries because they wouldn't have any food in them, right?
0: So change has changed, but the more it changes, the more it looks like the same. Because what you just said... In the 1950s, we ended up with more tractors on farms than horses and mules. Right. So that was a technological breakthrough that led to the industrialization of agriculture, which gave us more food than we need yep. so we could share, yep. right? Since So here comes food banks, here comes the pantry network, and now here we are 42 years later or something like that looking at another technological breakthrough that would marry people's access with choice. Right. Exactly
1: right. And that's really looking like online, right? That's apps. That's, you know, the ability to say, hey, I am... So let's say that you qualify for for a government program. Uh, because you're low income, whatever that is, it could be food and schools, it could be SNAP, it could be a housing thing, Wick. could be healthcare, right? It could be Medicaid, any government program that tags you as someone who's who's lower income. What if that automatically generated an app that said, hey, download this app and and we're going to address your food insecurity needs if you have any? And boom, automatically happens. Just because you you were qualified for one thing, we know that you're probably going to need this. So let's get you through that process right away so that any entry point can lead to a solution for all of the struggles that you're going to have when you're a low-income household. I mean, that's all We're capable of doing that, right? For heaven's sake, if you order underwear on Amazon, you're going to get 57 underwear commercials the next time you go online, whether it's for Amazon or not. We are smart enough to know that if somebody got this over here, they probably want it over there, too. I mean, this this is not, you know, we know how to do this.
0: Yeah, or somebody does. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I know how to do it, but I certainly know I'm being tracked.
1: <laughs> and, you know, that not all of that is bad, right? Not Some of that can be very helpful when we look at how these systems have to be married together. So, so you know, enabling growth. I mean, yeah. I am convinced in all the years that I've been doing food banking, and and I will say that this is true for all the food bankers I've ever known, Enabling growth has been one of our primary objectives. We know there's a problem, that part of the solution is going to be to grow to meet the problem. And we have grown a tremendous amount in the 40-some years that we've been around. Um, some food some food banks, like in Phoenix, maybe it's 50 years already. But, right. but a generation, we have grown from literally less than a few million pounds of food that the whole network nationwide could do to 6.6 billion pounds of food
0: in the last fiscal year. Yeah, so just to put a pin in that, I think it was 1967 that St. Mary's Food Bank in Phoenix, Arizona came into existence. So that's probably the earliest record we have of a food bank, you know, being established. So enabling growth is, is a high value for, for all of us. And I I think it's really important here to Talk about why why growth, Jerry. Um, I think I know the answer to this, you know, but I you know, are we just building bigger warehouses because we can?
1: Yeah, so
0: there's really two why's
1: in this. One is why growth and why growth in this, right? There are two questions all wrapped up in that growth question. So the first answer to why growth is because if you solve food insecurity, you end up enabling solutions across the board for households and families. Start with education. If kids are well-nourished, they have a better chance of getting well-educated. We know it's true. It's been proven by research since the 1940s kids need to be well nourished to be at their best in learning we know and not just learning but also in behaviors in schools and relationships they develop and other things as well so so the first why growth is because it's so much better to solve food insecurity than to let it linger
0: yeah I, th- I think so, and that's a really deport- important distinction because it's going to cost more later than it is now. That's exactly right. So, well, there's a couple of more answers to this these why questions. We'll pick that up on the other side of this break. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Come back and be with us in just a moment. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. We're back, Jerry Basson, Dr. Phil Knight. And Jerry, we're asking and you're answering the question, why are we enabling growth? I mean, why do we need more growth in the food bank? Why do we need a bigger warehouse? Why do we need more people? Why, why,
1: why? <laughs> so, we, so we're beginning with that very end in mind, like your golf story suggested. You know, it's because people who are food secure do better. That's really the ultimate reason why. And we care about people doing better because we want to live in a community that does better, right? So we talked about education and kids. Now let's talk about the health of, of, our, of our fellow neighbors. Health care is expensive and and there's a lot of reasons why it is. It could be a lot less expensive if people had access to the nutritious food they need to manage their health, right? right? And there's education and other things that happen in in the course of that, but we know and we've been working with healthcare for for years on so if we know that food is medicine, what's the best way to incorporate that into our healthcare system so that we're more efficiently and effectively helping people manage their health? That's another reason why we want to grow. There's huge populations of people that this would make a difference for, and so we need the capacity. There's no way you can go to a system like healthcare and say, yeah, we need to do this, but we don't have the capacity. (laughs) You can't do that, right? It's a really short conversation. Nice to see you. Have a good day. So, you know, we've we've got to be enabling growth so that we can serve the populations of people that need to be served so that, what, our community can thrive.
0: You know, just on a practical level, I think that the pandemic really raised our ceiling. We saw that we were capable of much more because during the pandemic, our seven Feeding America food banks increased the food distribution by 47% and tried to build the infrastructure to support that while we were doing it. <laughs> now, kind of on the other side of it, we understand we got a probably, I think, the clearest look at the level of need in the community that we've ever had. Yeah. And so we're trying to enable growth to address the need. And I think that's really important. And, you know, and I think growth is is certainly intrinsically tied to impact. Well, there's no doubt about it. And again...
1: Uh, growth is one way to get more impact, but being smarter is another way, Mm. right? So as we learn what people want and need and how to address those wants and needs and how to best build a system to meet those wants and needs, we've got to do both more and better. We've talked about that on the show quite a bit, but as we look at, for example, our Boundless Uh, Collaboration Project.
0: Well, I mean, I'm going to jump in here with you. You know, most of the time, so I'm I'm, going to be uh, fair and balanced here. Can I say that on anyway? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm. Most of the time, when we talk about doing more and better. We're really talking about government programs. Yeah. right so now we're pointing the finger back you know when you point the finger at somebody you got four pointing back at you that's right so we're applying the same principle to our own work because you have to i mean
1: we we've got to keep learning again if innovation and efficiency are enemies it doesn't mean you don't need them both as allies right Right? and so as you innovate you make things more efficient over time right and that efficiency is really really critical and 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 as we look at the things that we're going to do in in the next year both as individual food banks and as a network combined we know that that we've got to look at Increasing our impact not just by getting more, but by doing better. And so, so I was talking about the Boundless Collaboration Project, which is you know really looking at how can food banks from from the southern part of this of Michigan, which is where a lot of the population is, really think beyond the boundaries that are established by food bank territories, and think think, well, but people don't live in food bank territories. They just live where they live. They don't know anything about, you know, Gleaners covers these five counties and Forgotten Harvest covers these three counties and Flint covers these counties and South Michigan covers. Nobody thinks that way, right? So if you're a veteran and you need food, you, you don't say, well, what food bank territory am I in? That's not what happens, right? I haven't so, ever met anyone who asked themselves
0: that question. Right.
1: And so, so we as people that work in this in this have to recognize that that's just not the way people think and it's not the way organizations spring up and and yet we need those organizations to partner with us so how do we change the way we think in a boundless collaboration right where there's mm-hmm. no discussion of territory and the only thing we're talking about is who really needs the services that we can provide and beyond our individual territories, how do we serve them? And you begin to build systems then that aren't limited by certain counties or, or certain coverage areas. That's a really big idea that is going to help us not only with the food that we, you know, that we get outside of government support, but it will help us use the government support that we get more effectively as well. Do more for less. There's lots of possibilities that we're looking at to do more for less. So the Boundless Collaboration Project, was, which is specifically about serving seniors and serving seniors Focusing on the, the commodity program for seniors, that's a government program, and our partnership with DoorDash, and how we exchange information with the, with the community of people already serving seniors, all that becomes a different systematic way of addressing the needs of seniors that we all pitch into rather than thinking about it as these counties or those counties. And it will be cheaper and better and serve more people.
0: Well, and there's the underlying idea here that the 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 food banks are here to complete one another, not compete with one another totally right and you know the other aspect that comes pops in my mind as I hear you t- talk about the the boundless uh, project is that the work today really informs the innovations of tomorrow that we can't sit around and wait for this innovation to magically appear. The work we do today is a catalyst for that innovation, whether it's technology or, you know, uh, online ordering platforms and home delivery. The work we're doing today will inform that innovation for tomorrow. And so we can't just sit around and wait for it to happen. It won't if we don't. And that's that's why it's always
1: part of our strategy. We talked about enabling growth because there's more need and it's important to meet the need. Uh, we talked about managing to the times. We talked about increasing impact by not just more, but more and better, right? We've gotta be looking at those systems. But the other thing we really have to do, we talk about building a movement because one of the most effective things we have done with a network is better fundraising. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. Fundraising has enabled innovation. It has enabled opening up access to food, not for free, but at a low cost. You think about the mass, the Michigan agriculture surplus system is driven by funding. Mm -hmm. right? It's funding that's opening up those millions and millions of pounds of food, which has a, what, a 15 to 1 return on investment? Right. I mean, it's but but it takes some money, right? Fundraising is part of what enables these things and you've got to build a movement to do effective fundraising. You've got to have lots of sources of of revenue and those people have to have a reason to give to you and, and that's communication work. That's understanding your impact and and communicating it well to the people that can help you.
0: Well, I, I think you're exactly right, because, um, you know, we've said it before, the good book says that where there is no vision, the people perish, and when there's no money, the vision perishes. <laughs> right, like so, it or not, you, you know, know. So you gotta, you got to be able to, um, you know— the the ideas that you have and learn. And you got to have the freedom and the culture that allows you to do that. And so I I think that that's all super important. And catalyzing a movement is something that is very dear to the Food Bank Council and to Food First Michigan. I mean, when we started this show, we really wanted to change the conversation about food insecurity. And then we really said, you know what, we really want to galvanize a group of people that would have enough personal will that we would create sufficient political will to really address this problem of creating a food secure state.
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, while volunteers do a tremendous amount and in-kind food donations do a tremendous amount, not everything we do requires more money, but everything we organize requires staff. You've yeah. got to have people Some. to organize the volunteers and to organize the food drives and to organize the the receipt of the donations of food that come in. You've got to have people to do all that. And, and that mm-hmm. and that means facilities and that means fundraising. And, and thank God our food banks have good fundraising teams and a lot of donors that want to make a difference.
0: Jerry, let's go back and wrap up this edition of uh, Food First Michigan, which is really talking about you know, innovation, growth, um, you know, being good stewards, lots of lots of components about how we're managing change here across the Food Bank Council of Michigan's network. We're back in just a moment. All right, we're back here, Jerry Bassant, Dr. Phil Knight, and managing change because change according to Sam Chan, has changed, uh, which seems a little unfair to me, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's enough to manage change, but when it keeps changing, I'm having to manage the change that changes bringing that has changed and the speed of change I mean it's part of the reason why when we
1: make investments we've got to be really knowledgeable about how long is that investment going to be needed right you so when we build facilities and a lot of food banks have increased their their capacity by having larger facilities you got to ask yourself the question okay with all the change that's going on are these facilities going to be needed and the answer is yes there will be food in the food supply chain that food banks are the best vehicle for managing and getting that safely to the community. There's no question we have not gotten to the point where we have outgrown the usefulness of the facilities that we have. And so I think the good news is because we have invested in growth, and this is the food banks across the state of Michigan, we were able to grow tremendously the amount of food we could deliver during the pandemic. The Great Recession, we did not see that kind of growth. And the reason is it was too soon for us to have the facilities and trucks and staffing in place to get more food out, even though more food was needed. Now, we did better. We grew then. But boy, what a difference between the Great Recession, you know, 2007, 2011, that time period right. to the pandemic in in 2020 to 2022 and, and still, you know, pieces of that ongoing today, our capacity was so improved in the intervening years that we could do so much more.
0: Let me throw this Sam Chan quote at you one more time. i use it the monologue and get you to react to it as we wrap up this show. Growth equals change. Change equals loss. Loss equals pain. So inevitably, growth equals pain. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'm
1: smart enough to cover that whole thing and we should probably get Sam to come on and talk about it. But here's the way here's the way I would I would uh, you know kinda frame that in my own experience. When you say change equals loss, what have you lost? You've lost the regular way of doing things. You've lost a clear understanding of this now causes that, right? You've you've lost some control over what you used to have control over right so to my understanding change is lost because it means you've got to do things differently and not everybody knows how to do that yet
0: it's, it's sometimes it's kind of uncomfortable
1: right exactly
0: you know? right and and you know we have a Scott Pigott who says often you know people don't People fear loss more than they fear change, and I think that fits very well into Sam's thought. There. Well,
1: and when you're working in an organization, do you know how you fit in anymore? And there's where pain starts to happen, uh, right? Yeah. You get into that place where you doubt yourself because change has created well, some loss, and that loss has created some doubt and insecurity, and 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 maybe even the loss of some people that used to do that work. Right. That's well, we're pain. trying to
0: figure that out now. What's the future of food banking? Right. Where
1: do we fit? And where's the pain going to come from, and how do we manage that as much as we can ahead of time? And so there's no doubt, at least, you know, it's not hard to understand how change equals loss and loss equals pain. So, therefore, growth equals pain. It for sure does.
0: Well, with that thought, it's time for a little food for thought. What's your pain threshold? I'm smart enough to never, and I mean never, equate any pain I've ever experienced to childbirth. Never. But I've had 12 orthopedic surgeries in my life and the most painful was my back surgery when the doc fused three of my vertebrae and I stayed in a back brace for three months. Let me tell you, if childbirth is like that, as far as I'm concerned, there would never be another child born if it were up to me. Our ability to handle pain determines what we can accomplish. My friend, Sam Chan says, when you interpret your pain as bigger, more important, more threatening, more comprehensive than your vision, you'll redefine your vision down to the threshold of your pain. And we cannot afford to do that. Jerry and I are tough, and so is our network and the people who work in our food banks. You have to be to serve on our boards, give of your time, talent, and treasure to help us advance this work. All these people give and endure in order to serve and have impact. Why? Because we realize when food is first, folks, good things follow for families. Food First. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.